0: Hello and welcome to the final episode of the first series of Design Your Legacy. I'm Rosanna, your host and founder of bespoke fine jewellery company, Rosanna Croft Jewellery. My guest today is a woman who is building her legacy aligned with her values. And with one of them being to help others, that's exactly what she's doing with her private community, Loca. Lorraine Pringle has truly followed her passion to work in fashion and carrying on from a wonderful career working with big brands. She's now helping others build their legacy. What an episode to finish the series on. I really hope that you love it and you have loads of fun just like we did. So today my guest on Design Your Legacy is Lorraine Pringle, the founder of Loka, an exciting new platform for brands and influential individuals to connect. Hi Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Oh, hi there. It's a pleasure. I'm I'm excited. It's actually my first podcast recording, so really? uh, Yeah, bear with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll be fabulous. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Now, I'm just going to kick off by asking you to tell our listeners what your current role in life is and why is it important to you?
1: My one role is obviously a wife, Uh, not a mother, but a wife. But in the, the more work sense, I am the founder, as you said, of Loca, a private platform for brands and influential individuals to connect, collaborate, and make their lives a little bit more simple, uh, efficient, and easier. Why is it important to me? Um, I kind of started my job out of my, my own startup out of frustration after 25 years being frustrated at the lack of tools to help me do my job easier. Um, I'd worked in brand communications and PR for a long time. I wanted to do something that just made it easier for people to connect. For me, there was no way to really identify and find the best brands and individuals, not just in fashion, which was my, my sort of my sector, but across all sectors from fashion, beauty, lifestyle, hospitality. I also found it really difficult to then get in touch with the right people behind those brands, then to do the outreach then just have a platform that felt a little bit more fun than some of the the networks and the business networks out there. So basically, I dreamt up a world that would do all of that and put it all together. And that's what's really important to me, is kind of making sure that that world comes together and that it's not just for established brands and and talent and top celebrities. It's also a melting pot where the new can get a step up the ladder um, and be able to engage with the established and kind of help each other. So
0: yeah, that's that's what what my roles are in life. Well, I so, so I'm a, a member of LOCA and I have been since the summer. And I I just think what you've created is fantastic. It's it it does exactly what it says on the tin. And I've made some incredible connections on there already. And I think that and as a a jeweler and a brand uh, trying to build a brand it is very difficult to know how to contact people how to meet people in a similar situation and how to collaborate and I think that what you know we've got the like there there is LinkedIn which is great for business owners and professionals but there is I've never come across anything like it so I think that what I think what you're doing is fantastic so thank you. From, from me and all <laughs> the other brands who are part of Loka.
1: Oh, thank you for that. And anyone who's listening, come, come check us out and come join us. Join the fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know. Well, you do seem to have a lot of fun as well. You had the Fashion Awards the other week, which unfortunately I couldn't make, but it, I was watching the stories uh, uh, the next day and it looked incredible.
1: Well, I'll be sure to send you the link because we have the recording. On oh, really? So you can... Uh, what's the word what's the magic and do some dancing in
0: your front room over the weekend oh that sounds great because so I won't be doing any dancing in any bars Exactly. <laughs> so how did you get to where you are today then like you say so Loka was born out of frustration but what what's your what's the hi- a brief history of your career
1: oh the brief history always obsessed with fashion since I was a little girl My obsession, I had this strange obsession with uh, stealing mother and auntie's catalogues and cutting the people out, the catalogues, (laughs) Uh, they were called the cutouts, and I used to have fashion shows on my parents' bed with the cutouts. And all of the cutouts had names and ages and we had music and everyone had to come and watch my shows with the cutouts. So I'd been slightly obsessed with fashion since I was little, uh, determined to work in fashion. Coming from Edinburgh, everybody said, you're never going to move to London and work in fashion. That's a dream that, you know, having more realistic aim. Um, But no, I was determined. Uh, My gut was saying I'm going to work in London, I'm going to work in fashion. Um, I was the first in my uh, family to go to uni uh searched out the only marketing sort of relevant pr-ish course that was available at uni level uh did that and um then left immediately to london uh, after applying for pretty much any and everything whether it was buying marketing design i've always, you know to every brand i could think of um writing letters back in those days no emails wow. um and luckily, um, New Look and the lovely Tom Singh were about to launch their first store in London, having been a market, uh, out of town, excuse me, retailer till that point. Um, and I came down, my interview was once, one interview with the communications director, second interview with, at the time, top PR agency, Brower Lewis, who I had to do a week internship with to see if I fitted the bill. <laughs> Sadly, my Dorothy Perkins suit didn't quite fit the bill. So they were when I came into the office, they dressed me and gave me a pair of Jimmy Choo's, which I had to keep under the desk. Uh. I put them on every time I came to the office. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so from that, I got the job. I set up New Look's first PR agency, a press office in London. Uh, I then got approached by Warehouse, moved to Warehouse, was there for 12 years, uh was made director of marketing and comms at 27, 28. And then after about another five years, felt I needed to change or else I was going to be stuck there forever, much mm. as I love my brand. And I took the, I, I dreamt up this marketplace, this place that I just talked about, Loka, took it to Caroline Rush, who's also the CEO of the Fashion Council, um, shared my idea with her over dinner. By the end of dinner, she said, it's amazing, we've got to do it. I said, what do you mean we've got to do it? Well, I'm going to be part of it. <laughs> so that's not quite it expected, but yeah, let's do it. Uh, next week I hit, left my job and, here we, and wow. here we are.
0: Wow, what a story, what a journey. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I, it just goes to show that what you are doing now and your passion is very important because so many other people are sold on, on your vision as well which is brilliant
1: yeah well I think my my uh my slight excitement is that in the time that we launched Loca, we've only had three people say no it's not for me which is pretty much unheard of yeah so so we're really excited uh, at the the response so it's been overwhelming that's brilliant that's
0: fantastic now I mean this podcast is obviously about designing your legacy and um, and I'll kind of get on to your legacy and what you think about legacy in a moment. But a question that comes to mind that is kind of been um, I've been thinking about a little bit. Does it? It might not have done, but has it occurred to you that not only are you building your legacy, but you're also helping so many brands and people um, work on theirs and and make their mark in the world.
1: Do you know, it's it's really interesting because a personal friend of ours, co friend Poppy Delbridge, uh, who I've done some coaching work with, and another amazing coach, uh, Elizabeth Cannon, who I worked with before Poppy, who's in LA. Um, before working with those guys, I hadn't really thought of life in that way, yeah. um, and I probably had just sort of bumbled along doing what I enjoyed and working in fashion. And actually. Um, when they really sort of dug deep into me, there was this feeling of actually you're living your values. And once they kind of unearthed my values and a lot of my values, which I never really saw myself, I was always, you know, a bit of a, what's the best way to say this? A frosty. Everybody used to think I was quite, you know, you know, frosty, boss bitch, you know. Um, <laughs> like I'm completely the opposite when you get to know me. Um, and I love nurturing, I love helping. And actually, when I did this work on coaching, what came out is that my real my real vision for doing Loka was to help others. It was not about making, you know, I don't know, yes, we love our members like Burberry and Elton John, but it wasn't about those guys. It was about those guys helping the younger guys, and yeah. creating this kind of real private place where everybody could help and nurture each other. And I like to chat, and I absolutely adore, and um, you've done it with yourself, just spending time chatting and finding out about members and their brands and their how we can help. And sometimes I shouldn't spend so much time because we're a small team. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, I, I do. And it's interesting you saying that because, you know, I always thought legacy, what do you leave behind and and probably being a lady with no women with no children, I've always thought what do I leave behind and I really do hope that I can through Loca leave a platform that hopefully continues to survive past me and develops yeah. and helps more people.
0: oh, fantastic, oh that's amazing so okay then, so what what does legacy mean to you then what what does it mean
1: to you? oh. I don't know I think it's just that you've made a difference that you've done something um whatever that might be and I mean it's quite interesting you said oh you seem to have a lot of fun at Lockup it's weird that's also one of my core values and everything I do is about fun and if there's no fun there's no point for me you know I'm a bit of the joker you'll probably realize that through some of the coaching sessions we've been on together yeah you know I I love organizing helping others if there's an event I'm planning it whether it's a family birthday or just a simple zoom call how can we spice it up and have some fun you know um so i think my legacy is to have you know made a difference helped others and had a bit of fun
0: oh amazing yeah i think quite i mean this this podcast and this subject can get quite serious um but life is about having fun you're right if you're not having fun what is the point if you're not having fun in your career Change it. This kind of this, isn't it? And it sounds like that's what you've done in creating Loka. Not only are you you're helping others, but you're having fun whilst doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, I strongly believe the day that you wake up and you don't want to go to work, then you're in the wrong job. Yeah. And I'm happy enough. Of course, we all have bad days and days when you just don't want to face the world, or you know, you've got a terrible event or something's gone wrong, you know, in your business or your world. But I truly hand on heart can't say that I really have ever woken up and said I hate my job you know I I just never
0: amazing oh wow fantastic no it's not always a fairy tale but it's when 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 you know you're on the right path you know I think okay then so I think you've already covered this but when you were building your career did you ever consider the type of legacy that you wanted to leave or was it very different when you were working in fashion still was was kind of your it sounded it sounds like your path changed quite abruptly have you always wanted to kind of create a community or did you have other plans in mind
1: well When I first landed in London, my plan was that by the time I was 30, I I started off in London at 22, 22, 23, and I I was having a PR agency by the time I was 30. That was it. That was my plan. That was what I was working towards. That was my dream. And actually, as I got closer to that age and watched the world started to change, and you know, at that point, there wasn't really all Instagram and everything, but there was the blogger thing coming through. I mean, I was still faxing faxing and you know (laughs) (laughs) and did my dissertation on a typewriter not to uh, put away my age but um I, I, I very much um what's the word I'm looking for I very much wanted this PR agency and then as I got a little bit older I thought no do you know what PR agencies need to be bigger. They need to touch more people. What's the point of just having five clients? I want to have 2,000 clients. I want to be able to help more people. We've got to do this easier. There's got to be a new way. Um, and actually, yeah, my career path changed quite marked at that point because um, a good friend of mine who, less his heart, is one of the guys that have helped make my business happen by investing the seed investment into it. He had always said to me from when we were very young in Edinburgh, Whatever you do, I'm going to support you. So at 30, he's going, when are we setting up this PR agency? No, 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 we're not going to do that now. It took me another 10 years to actually leave and do my own thing, but it was the right thing. So, yeah, I do think my my career path did change. Um, I don't think through any of that I had any purpose in my head that there was to be a legacy. I think it was always just I enjoyed connecting and and kind of helping brands that was my kind of thing and talent I used to have a real and really really enjoyed meeting talent and celebrities and getting to know agents and dressing girls um and that you know helped spur my business on as well because you know I had a lot of good connections in that world already um who I could see the other side where it isn't just the brands that need help the talent and the agencies you know they're running around at 100 miles an hour getting a you know, requests from brands like you, and there's just no way to organise all that stuff. So I was seeing it from both sides. Um, So it's kind of both, really. Um, So, yeah, I don't think there was a purpose of, you know, this is the legacy I'm going to leave. Um, And I think, as I said, by working with the coaches only has that started to, to to come out. And weirdly, I think, you know, people always say life begins at 40 and you understand yourself a bit more as a woman. And I'd so believe that I think in my 30s it was just fun PR this that traveling and now I kind of start to feel like you know there is a little bit more you know maybe everybody's got a purpose that they don't really know Mm. yeah no
0: I, I I'm a big believer in that we all we all have a purpose and we don't all we don't always know it Not I think we all have one but it's kind of it does take some digging around to be very to have a very succinct idea of what that is and to live um, live life on purpose but no it's not it's not something that we're um, it's not what we're taught in school anyway is it
1: Um, yeah, and if you could have seen me a few years ago before I met Poppy uh, Delbridge you know I was, I was one of those people who'd be oh my god what is all that chanting and crystal healing and all of this <laughs> stuff oh my god those people that do that and now I can't get enough of all of that.
0: And uh, yeah, I used to just be oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Five years ago, I was very similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. So on a personal level, then I believe that we carry a legacy in our jewellery, and we've had a brief conversation about this before. Um. I think jewellery is how we're remembered. I think it's, you know, I often use my my grandma and my mum as an example. Like I remember their jewellery, well, their, I don't remember it, they're still with us, but you know, their jewellery is something that I feel a connection with. Um, and quite often we're passed down jewellery. Um, so it's, it's what we it's how I think it's how we're remembered um so can you talk to me about a special piece of jewellery that you own what's your most memorable piece
1: such a hard one this um I think as we talked about you know briefly before I my style of jewellery is you know kind of not little and dainty it's much more chunky statement almost a little bit i mean like say but a little bit more rock and roll kind of old school madonna yeah because <laughs> more, that's, that's fun yeah right? more is more more is more but not in a crazy way probably in quite uh you know it's it's quite it's all mostly silver you know studs diamantes kind of well, not so much diamantes kind of animals horns you know been up a bit kind of charming and eclectic and and layered and um, that sounds terrible that pulls up a terrible image but um, no it doesn't because yeah,
0: i think like, whack some crystals in there and you're you're good to go
1: yeah it's kind of yeah and i think i think in terms of meaningful pieces you know i'd love to say what's yeah my whatever wedding rings or this which of course I love and adore and or designer or whatever but I think my most memorable piece is um, a still simple silver ball bearing chain that I kind of added some charms one day to that meant things to me and it's every time I look at it it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and um, it contains a mixture of when my husband proposed to me, we were on holiday in Mexico and he didn't have any rings because he was far too scared to buy any. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the, the, the local gift shop and bought two silver basic rings just to have rings, you know, yeah. from the gift shop. And when we finally got our proper rings, he put those two rings in his pocket in the shop and they fitted together, Have never come apart and we can't get them apart. They're really? completely, com- one's inside the other completely jammed wow Uh, so and we've done everything we've bashed it we've flung it around and it will not come out the middle so no don't call me soppy but (laughs) oh well I I feel warm and fuzzy now (laughs) so I've got that I put that on a chain uh and it's together and a few other bits and bobs things that sort of resemble like my first visit to New York uh a trip to LA with a colleague who sadly isn't with us anymore. And we brought a little couple of charms at a market. So it's just a piece that kind of means a lot, you know, makes me yeah. feel nice about, you know, it makes me, I suppose, value life every time I look at it.
0: Yeah. Value life and people and, and memories and, you know, and the fun that you've had throughout life. I think that that's, I think that's what jewellery should be. It It's yeah. there to represent something for us. feel a certain way.
1: For sure. I love
0: that about your those rings. I think that's fascinating.
1: (laughs) I'll send you a picture.
0: Yeah, you should, yeah, do. Fate. That's what it is.
1: (laughs) My (laughs) husband always says the day those rings come apart, that's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be careful because I know a way. If you want, you know, I know a way.
1: I always catch him in the back garden with a hammer, trying to get them apart.
0: <laughs> oh, funny! Um, so, have you ever had a piece of jewellery made for you, or or remodeled, or anything?
1: Do you know when when I saw that question on your list? No, I haven't, actually. And I'm now thinking, how have I got to this age and not had that?
0: It's (laughs) such a special experience. And I'm biased, but (laughs) it is a really fun experience.
1: I had to rack my brain and think. I mean, I had once a a friend of mine who makes amazing chunky jewellery kind of made one of her rings and sort of bespoke it a little bit for me. An amazing jeweller called Lisa E. Moss. Um, But I wouldn't say it was customed or um, or modelled specially for me. But that's, it's. It, I guess it still is
0: in a way, because it, even if it's kind of got a custom element in it for you, you still had control over saying, can you do this for me? Whether it's adding a different stone into a ring or a different design element. Um, I think it, and it does just feel that bit more special when you know that it's one of a kind, don't
1: you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. You've reminded me actually now I've thought about that ring. It lost its glass off the front and I keep meaning to take it back and get a new piece of glass. So I'm going to make that, put that on my to-do list for the new year. Yes, do that, do that.
0: And then I want to see wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, throughout lockdown, I, I've, i well, I mean, I wear jewellery every day, but have you found that you've kind of not been wearing usual accessories? No, no.
1: No, yeah, I actually miss it, and it I, when it you know when I've got an event or a sort of you know a meeting, I absolutely love going and putting a jumper on and just putting a plain jumper, a plain shirt, and then flinging a few necklaces on, and I feel a little bit more like me again. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I was thinking about this today, so I was on a, I was on a meeting earlier, and it was Christmas jumper day, so I have my Christmas jumper on and and some nice big pearls, and I thought that um, I, I thought I. It, when we're spending so much time inside at the moment you do lose a bit of your I guess it's something else jewelry and clothing does for us in that it's a part of our image and it does make you feel more like you when you can dress as you would dress my
1: husband husband always laughs I keep saying my husband because the two of us are in lockdown that's the only person I have to speak to because my little thing is before any zoom call I put some perfume on and it's like, yeah. nobody can smell you, uh, but it just makes me feel better. Exactly. I
0: can smell me. I don't wear <laughs> perfume for anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Amazing. So lastly, then um, my, uh, one last question is what other advice would you give to other people who are living a meaningful life and leaving a legacy?
1: Okay, so I couldn't do it for, Couldn't give you just one thing. So three quick things. Amazing. One, something we've talked on loads. Find out what your true values are. Because once you do, it will transform your life. They're similar, but every five years or so, they might change ever so slightly. But the main sort of thrust is trust, fun, nurturing, and love. And I live everything by something in that world. I just wish I'd tapped into that sooner. I think I would have taken the leap to leave my job faster. But, you know, that's life. You can't live back. Two, don't forget about yourself. I think without you being healthy, your well-being, and you—you know—we always put ourselves to the bottom of the list. Running around, especially as as business owners, a thousand miles an hour, looking after everybody else, the business, the family. And I've learned the hard way of you know almost going to burnout. That you know, take some time for yourself because it's just not worth it. You know, yeah, absolutely. it's not going to make your business any better if you do sixteen hours a day every day. In fact, it's the opposite. I'm not very good at living by that advice. I give it, but I'm not very good at living by it. Neither of yeah, you. I feel you there. And when I do have a day where I just do four hours of work and then go for a nice long work, it, walk, it's the best day. I come up with all the ideas. I feel so much calmer and everything happens. And uh, yeah, but we, we know that. We just have to do it. Yeah. And I think number <laughs> three is my, I did a, a conference recently and um I was asked for a title for my speech and I said, go with your gut. You know, my whole life I've gone with my gut. It's the best measure of are you doing the right thing? And as long as you're going with your gut and you're doing the right thing, then whatever legacy you leave is going to be the right one. Because that's your gut for me is the key. You know, I've gone against my gut a couple of times and really wish I hadn't. Oh, I think that's so
0: valuable. Everything you've just said is completely 100% correct. But the go with your gut, it's something that we often, I mean, I, for one, struggle to trust my gut, even though I know I should. So I question it. But I think that when you do go with your gut and you do listen to your intuition, everything works out.
1: Yeah. And if it doesn't, well have a word with your gut but it can not be right all the time but um I say 90% of the time it's going to be right yeah and if not
0: we're just learning a lesson aren't we we're learning a lesson that life is waiting to teach us for sure oh, amazing oh thank you so much this has been a fantastic episode so thank you so much for coming on I'll put all the links for Loka and your own personal social media in the show notes to this so people can find you and find out more about Loka. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for having me. And uh, hope you have a great Christmas if I don't speak to you before then.
0: Isn't Lorraine's advice incredible? And go with your gut is something that really stood out to me because I know that when I'm at my best, that's how I live my life. I always know deep down somewhere what feels right. And yes, you have to sit with yourself and and, and ask the question, but you know the answer. It's already in you. And yes, I think that we should all work four-hour days and go for a long walk every afternoon. That is what my gut is telling me. (laughs)
1: Legacy
0: isn't something that we think about on a daily basis, but I believe it's something that we're creating on a daily basis. If there's one thing that I think you can take from this episode, aside from go with your gut, it's that by knowing your values and living by them, you're halfway to creating a real lasting legacy. And the other thing I loved about chatting to Lorraine was the kind of little touch on when the universe shows us fun little signs like Lorraine and her husband's rings being sat together and literally inseparable. Stories like this make me realise how special jewellery is all over again. It's the fun little anecdote and the memories that we collect with friends from travelling and when people are unfortunately no longer with us. I think this connection is what makes jewellery so special. So my question for you today is what stories are told in your jewellery box? Do they tell stories of a legacy that you're creating? Of somebody else's legacy perhaps? If you want to go through the fun and magical experience of creating bespoke jewellery just for you, then please contact me through the link in the show notes. And this is the final episode of series one, which I really hope you've enjoyed. I would love it if you could rate the podcast and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And please pass on and share with your friends. You just never know what value somebody might take from the wise words that have been shared.